0: Yo, what up? Good morning. It's your girl, Kilowatt. I am just putting the finishing touches on my crazy-ass hair. And I'm getting ready to drive into work for day two on line 72. um, And our brand-new sign-up, which marks eight years with TriMet. Eight years of never knowing if I was going to make it. (laughs) Hoping like hell that I do and pushing with everything that I have to be there. That's eight years of being part of my city. And albeit one of them, I was put on the sidelines. It's also because I was starting to lose focus of what I was here for. Um, my ego was out of whack. I was getting all high and mighty with my fucking bright purple pixie cut. And I was thinking I was the fucking bee's knees, total bomb diggity, which I am. But I was losing focus of who I really was. And if there's anything that this universe will do, it will balance you. And even if it's painful, even if it's um, something you're afraid of, it's necessary for balance and for change to accept the ultimate lesson of why we're here. And so when I lost focus of that, um, I'm sure there was an assessment done by my angels. (laughs) And they were like, all right, how bad is it? Okay, bright purple pixie cut, intense drinking problem, um, an obscene amount of self-importance and rage toward whatever, you know, and they sidelined me for a whole year. I wasn't able to work. Uh, they humbled me. I was forced to be a dishwasher down the street, which actually was great. It was a great experience. Um, I kind of miss those days to be honest. I miss a lot about working with Tammy and Greg and Sean and Danny and just getting to know Melino and being part of that city It's such like a it's such a tiny city, such a tiny little town, but it's filled with so much love. And so i was I was gifted that that year, but while I was still there, uh, I was still technically an employee, and I was just put on the side and they said, "Look, when you get your shit straight, come back and I did and it was everything that I needed to feel gratitude and um almost like a curiosity and wonder toward every single day that I get to go to work. Like, what is what is today going to bring to me? Who am I going to talk with today? What lesson is going to be on the table? Am I going to be giving it? Are they going to be giving it to me? Will we be receiving it together? And it's it's that unexpected surprise um, of just pure love, optimism, and hope. And I've had this gift given to me by my angels and God and my work. And I've been able to do this amazing position of service for eight years. And I see the value behind it. I see how efficient it is to have an unassuming role, um, with regard to transforming lives of others, um, in an unseeming fashion, like if I'm there and I'm consistently there and I'm ever-present and I'm always and I'm constant, they'll always have a safe place to land, even if it's just on my bus for a single circle. Let's say they lose their shit and they can't keep it together anymore. They've lost everything. They're homeless. They got nothing. They can come sit on my bus and we can talk about it. There's always going to be an open door at at my work because that's what it is. I mean, that's what we do. And while you may not be able to sleep on my bus, you can take a nap on it while I drive you. Um, you can't live there, but you can be there every day. I'm a constant fixture, but I'm always moving. And if that's the... Um, If that's the secret to cracking the code of uplifting the vibration in a city that's been literally ripped in two by politics and racism, misogyny, class differences, um, greed, corruption. I mean, there's a lot of trauma and I see it in the kids. I see the suicide. I see... The murders, the domestic violence, I mean, there's a lot of things we got to work on as a city and as a people, right? But at the very least I could do is just be there and have a promise that you can get to work on my bus. If you need to go to the doctor, you can get on my bus. If you need to fucking just sit and get away from your abusive asshole husband and try and find a woman's shelter, you can get on my bus. These are all things that you could do with me. You don't even have to talk to me. But I'm I'm there for you. And you're safe there. And it's the one thing that I've had inside of my life that has given me hope in a time of darkness. When I was given this dark box of secrets that I was left to open with my child. And watch what that impact had on him as a person. And having PTSD flashbacks and and trying to numb out and experiencing the loss and the heartbreak of a marriage and 14 years and everybody that I knew and every piece of family that I've ever loved and watched it leave me, I still went to work. For eight years, I went to work. I went to work. And that's what I did. And I kept going, and it's held me down like it's kept me here and I'm I'm so eternally grateful I'm so fucking grateful this is such a blessing in my life and I'm going to continue to do this until the day that I fucking die and if I die doing it I'll be the happiest bitch alive because at least I got to be where I wanted to be with people that I loved and a city that I care about And while this is all beautiful, there's, a <laughs> there's always going to be a certain level of fuckery to the story. So um, I have more to share and just update you on. But I just wanted to open with that because eight years is a big mark, okay? And that was just a couple days ago, but I've been reflecting and, and mulling some things over. And I just had to get my mind around some things that I was holding on to, but I'm better now. So I love you, and we'll talk when I'm either in the car or it might be a recap after today. So we'll find out. All right, I love you. Bye. Yo, what up? It's your girl Kilowatt. I am currently uh, on my way home. I just called Braylon to recap for today and see how her her how her night went. Um. Yeah. It was a good day. She had a good day. It was crazy hair day at school. She looked like a fucking rock star uh, with like pink and purple. it, uh, what Mohawk. And there was like a blue bedazzled bow. Like she looked amazing. And um, I ended up. God damn it. There's a fucking cop. I hate how every time I start a podcast, there's a fucking cop that stalks me. I don't like it. Fucking pay attention to somebody else. God damn it. Okay, I'm going to have to go. Yeah, I got to go. No, I don't. Fuck that. Anyway, um, back to what I was about to do, which was recap and do the pod with you guys on my way home. Um, Actually, no, realistically, I think the cops are searching the area because uh, there is somebody that killed four people the other day in their home. A family and they have a young daughter. So they've been looking all over Portland. Trying to get an idea. Like an uh, some type of tip. Shaking people down. Whatever they got to do on their beats. Or whatever they call them. And um, they've been trying to get leads. On this. Uh, on this situation. With the murdering in Portland. With random families being gunned down. Now of course everybody in Portland has some shit to say that's like, well, if you're a law-abiding citizen and you don't participate with undesirables, then you will likely never experience being gunned down. Which, you know what? That could be true. That could be true. But I don't know a whole lot of people whose entire family got gunned down. And I'm going to make a pretty good bet that all the other people who got their families gunned down were law-abiding citizens. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're involved in crime. And so anyway, um, I'm just leaving the phone down in case it sounds muffled, uh, because I don't want to get pulled over right now. And so I'm on my way home tonight. Braylon is staying with Cheney. Uh, her dad, I guess, has taken her early in the AM to go to a dinosaur museum, which will be really fun. And I'm glad, I'm glad that she's going to have a good day with her dad. I think it's much needed. And today on my 72, it was really fucking good. Um, there was a recurrent theme, something that I noticed anyway, that I thought I should share. Um, there was, there was countless people out there getting lost. Like I had two things come over my cad talking about somebody that's lost. Oh, what do you know? A fucking cop. Weird. Sorry. He just went around the back end. What an asshole. Ah, oh, sorry. Cops aren't assholes. I take it back. Um, they came over my CAD that said, you know, 911 looking for missing, blah, blah, blah. So-and-so is lost. I spent 25 minutes with a woman today trying to help her get back to her care facility. And then, uh, another 15 minutes with a young boy who was wandering around over by 33rd lost because he caught the bus with his friends and then his friend had to go home early and he couldn't remember how to get home. And so he just sort of walked up looking scared and he was like, uh, "I'm. do you know where green apartments are? And I was like, oh no. And this kid was like super lost and something was going on with him. I don't know what it was, but it was the theme. It was an overall theme and it made me think about all the times in my life where I was in a strange place. Uh, I wasn't familiar with my surroundings. Oh, and my last passenger of the day. Sorry, put a pin on that last statement. My last passenger of the day was from out of town, needed to get to Parker's Sumner. And I was able to give him directions, but he was really nervous too. And so this happened over and over and over again today. And other circumstances that played out that made me think about being lost. And back to what I was just saying, uh, we're circling back now. It made me think of all the times in my life where I was a new kid at school and I was unfamiliar with the building. I got lost. I'm wandering around. I'm trying to get my bearings. I'm acting out of sorts because I'm anxious and nervous and I'm worried that I'm going to be late. And there's like a, like a multitude of factors that play out when one is lost. Um, the first thing that we all tend to do is look for someone who can help us. Or we try, I mean, depending on, on your ability to trust others, okay? Other people may get, you know, uh, find a higher ground of sorts, right? Go to a directory on their own or physically, like, climb a mountain to get higher ground. Um, there's there's uh, methods to getting your bearings or to figuring out where the fuck you are. And I was trying to relate that in a sense of getting your bearings in life when you feel lost, right? Because I know a lot of people right now that are feeling quite lost, uh, with regard to their life path and like what they're here to do. And I was seeing recurrent number, um, 666, which if you know me, I do something, um, where I look up dream symbols, and I look up numerology and number sequences that present themselves to me because I firmly believe that our guides, our spirit guides, or angels, whatever you want to call it, and I know this sounds super hippie, but bear with me, it could also be seen as like a psychological tool for like self-reflection and deeper thought. So when I see your current theme, like when I get home tonight, I'm going to be looking up a cheetah prints or cheetahs themselves. I'm going to be looking up uh, the birth of uh, childbirth. I had a dream last night that I was having a little baby. Um, And the number 666, right? So I looked that up earlier today because yesterday it was very prevalent. And it's been heavy on my mind, this moving situation, okay? I'm moving to go somewhere. I've not yet established where the fuck that is. And it's creeping up like it's creeping up and I have, you know, a little bit of money saved so I can get into a place. But for the most part, I'm just like waiting, hoping to find something that works perfectly for me. And as time gets closer and I, and I'm getting nervous, I'm like looking for different ads and I'm messaging people. And of course, nobody wants a roommate that has a kid. And I think that's really discriminatory and it's kind of, fuck, it's like pretty fucked up because it's just another thing that gets in the way for women because 90% of the time, if you're a single mom, you've got your kid and you, like you're going to have your kid time, right? So even though I have openly said to these people, I have a child. I'm. she will be with me and uh, she will never be left alone at the house or anything like that. But I just wanted to let you know that she's with me about 50% of the time. I work all the time and so for the most part, every other weekend she's with me and we're basically homebodies so we'll keep to ourselves. And every single time, okay, I am told, well we were really looking for a single occupant and you know, really looking for a guy in his thirties, like very specific shit that I'm pretty sure goes against some type of landlord renters rights policy, right? Like I don't think you can discriminate based off of gender or age or um, circumstance unless it's like a credit thing, which by the way is very discriminatory. Um, But all of these things, right? I'm, I'm starting to get nervous because I'm looking at an unforeseen deadline. I haven't been evicted yet, but the time is coming. So I'm I'm looking. I'm looking really fucking hard. And unless I've got good credit, which I don't, I'm I'm looking at being a roommate with somebody, but nobody wants a fucking mom with an eight year old little girl, who by the way, is a badass little kid and we're not messy, so I don't get this struggle here but i i just am reaching that point of panic mode okay and yesterday the number 666 was recurrent like it kept showing up even to the point where i had a passenger get on that had like where the bike rack is on the bike uh he puts his bike up and on the side of his bike he he's like stuck uh like physical numbers, like, you know, the kind that you put on a mailbox, 666. Like he went to hardware store, got number labels and stick that shit on his bike. So it said 666. And, and it was funny because I was laughing at like the silly things, you know, like my coffee 666 or, um, Braylon's calculator that she was trying to show me her math problems, and it was like 666666666, and like stupid shit like that, right? Um, Car license plates, things of that nature, and so I finally decided, well, fuck, like I'm seeing this number a lot, obviously there's something about me noticing that particular number, so is it possible that maybe my subconscious brain, or my brain knowing certain numbers mean certain things because I've taken the time to learn them, but I don't memorize it. Um, maybe I'm noticing those numbers in particular because my my, my deeper self, my inner self, my my soul is trying to send or reiterate a message. And that could be taken in many forms, right? Like it could be my spirit guides. It could be the angels that watch over me. It could be my own personal um, psyche messing with me, trying to get me to pay attention to a message. And so I looked it up and essentially it was to have faith in the balance of life and understanding that if you keep the flow of your energy going and you are positive and, and uplifting, right? You keep that positive energy going. The balancing of the scales inevitably will pan out. So if you have a nagging feeling of a a sense of lack, right? Um, please excuse me. I'm going to take a quick drink of, uh, Dr. Pepper. Just a I'm driving so if <laughs> if you hear me like yelling it's cuz I'm like driving with money and shit. That's super safe. Don't don't judge me. Okay, hold on. Driving my personal car, not my bus, for the record. Anyway. Okay. So check it out. When you have a nagging feeling that for some reason the universe is not going to deliver what you need when you need it, okay? If you're losing faith and you're starting to worry, um, it's just a reminder that there is nothing that is ever accomplished by worry, okay? You don't do anything other than stress yourself out and in some cases you actually limit your perception because of anxiety being so high, you are out of sorts, right? Like you're not thinking logically or clearly and you're making, you know, rash decisions and being agitated and influencing the, the flow of energy around you and becoming a source of lack. Like you're just a hard, dense downer, right? You're not going to be in the fluidity of abundance or receiving. And I know this sounds silly, but it's it's something that I thought about today. Um, and so when I received that message, I realized that I I was like I wasn't engaging with my passengers nearly as often as I do normally. And I it was because I was starting to get really nervous. I like I had gotten two emails that morning that said, "Oh, sorry, looking for a single roommate," and I, I started to get really discouraged. And I was feeling a little bit fearful of what I'm gonna do because. I don't have anyone to fall back on. Like, there's no family here. I've got no family. I don't have a partner. My mom and I are not speaking. And I don't have any close friends that I'm close enough with where I could move in with them. Who isn't already sort of living on, like, on my couch right now. Like, it's, uh, like, we're just, it's down Shit's Creek right now. And so I'm starting to panic. Because I don't want to fucking sleep in my car. Like, I don't know where I'm moving to. I'm trying, I'm trying to find something quickly and I'm not finding anything and it's really like unnerving. So I found myself really f- focusing on that and I wasn't engaging with my passengers and, and I, I became the least influencing force on my bus at, at one point And there was an issue between two passengers. Now this normally doesn't happen Because when I walk into my bus, I make a, like a, a note for myself that I'm going to be the biggest fucking energy on the bus and that nobody's going to fuck with our vibe because we are bus posse for life status. Like we're going to have a great fucking trip. And by doing that and taking control of the energy on the bus, it's pretty unlikely that there will be unforeseen violent fights that occur between passengers because I'm already center stage, bitches. Let's have a good circle. And so, um, that being said, I picked up on that when I saw, you know, this guy flipping out about some guy's dog and where it was sitting and stupid shit. And... I sort of like, I couldn't figure out like what it was. And that's when the other guy got on with the bike. And so when I got to Clackamas, I checked the number and it was, it was spot on. It was like, yo, focus on the shit that you're here to do because you do something here that nobody else does that we need you to do. Okay. We need you to influence the city's vibration. We need you to ask people their stories. We need you to pick up their soul and dark and gloomy afternoons where everything is just very mediocre and nothing's very, you know, positive. Like they are not in good places right now as people, people are being evicted. People are in homeless shelters. People are losing their family members to, um, fentanyl, I think is, I think it's fentanyl, fentanyl overdoses. Okay. We've got an extreme rise in fentanyl overdoses here in Portland. We're losing our senior kids at house parties who are taking fentanyl, thinking they're taking Oxycontin. Um, and, and it's not. Uh, it's not Oxy. And they're dying. And they're overdosing at, you know, 17, 18 years old. And we've got families being gunned down in Southeast and in, in Boise, you know, just off of 42nd near center garage, like right down the fucking street from where I work. Um, the night that I was working my eight years, I was, um, I was offered extra work because I knew we were short staff and there were bus bridges and mercury has been retrograde. So I said, sure, I'll work because Brent's got Braylon and I might as well make some extra money because I'm trying to move soon and I got to have extra savings. So I, I picked up uh, another circle on the two and that night I stood outside, I smoked a cigarette looking at North Terminal over by the train station and as soon as I pulled out of the bay, an hour later, a man was shot and killed in that intersection and I think about how close it comes to every line that I've ever done. And I realized that I am am divinely protected by a lot of things that I, you know, things could be really bad, but my timing is really good and I'm here for a purpose. And even if it's something small just to be of service and pick people up and make them feel better, it's something that will be worth its weight in gold in the long run. Because as you slowly plant the seeds of a higher vibration in a city that you love, it spreads. And so when I picked up that young kid that got lost and he was scared, uh, one of my favorite passengers came up and was like, yo, like I can help you do that. You know, I can help you, you know, find this kid a place. And so we we're interviewing him and he's like, oh yeah, he wants 53rd, you know? And, and, um, like your kindness comes back to, but it also comes back to other people so it's it's that whole pass it on thing But it's just, it can be so much more. It could be more for people on days where they're suicidal. It could be more for people who don't have it in them to be strong for their kids to leave their abusive husband. Like, there's a lot of shit that we don't know about going on in people's lives. And I think there's a reason why people are snapping and losing their fucking mind and killing themselves in very public fashions. Like, we had a a suicide by the MAX train just the other night. Like, this is real shit. It's getting really heavy. And if all we can do is be kind and spread love in in a small interaction, then fucking do it, man. Like, get to it, right? It takes teamwork to make the dream work. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that shit all day and I didn't know where the fuck I'd fit it in. Like, other day when I fucking said fuego to my passenger grant I was so excited I said grant yo I came up with a new fucking this guy told me I was fuego and it's like it's new right like it's super edgy and chic it's just like spill the tea and he's like you do realize that shit's been out since 2001 right and I was like oh damn like I thought I was honest that I'm hot it was so funny oh god I was saying fuego like every two seconds that day I was like that's so fuego (laughs) We're bringing it back. Only I thought I was bringing it to the scene. Like, I thought I was introducing something sweet. Anyway, um, tangent, there it is. Welcome. Uh, So there's a lot of things going on with the solar eclipse, all right? It's happening. It's happening right now. There's so much to be said. Um, There's a lot of resolve happening. So I had mentioned... Previously in this podcast, I said I had a dream about giving birth to a small child, right? As Jupiter is in my fifth house of Pisces, but also just children, creativity. So I could be giving birth to a new perception, a new perspective of uh, creative energy and, um, and like a new venture, really, and um, starting a new chapter with my own children, things of that sort. And so also romance, uh, that would be nice, but I'm I'm not ready. I'm really not ready. And so as I'm uh, going through this uh, dream dictionary that I spoke of and I'm looking up, you know, giving birth to a small child, it, it suggests that maybe not necessarily I would be pregnant because that would be, I'd be like the Virgin Mary at this point, because I'm pretty sure I haven't had sex in so long. I am a virgin again. Um, basically there's no way I could be pregnant right now. Like it would be impossible. And so that's not on the table and that's fine. Sorry for TMI about the re virginized kilowatt. Um, But yeah, I was like, well, I'm not fucking pregnant, so that's not what this is. But it was talking about giving birth to a new creative venture, a new a new part of my life, a new chapter to the story. Okay? This is a new beginning. And as with every new beginning, there has to be an ending, a conclusion, some resolve. And a recent fight that I had with Brent over some fucking clothes, the whole thing was really stupid and incredibly frustrating. Um, because I felt like, I don't know the way that, that Braylon explained it to me. She had said she was really bummed out because she couldn't wear the clothes that, that dad and Kayla bought her. And I said, why is that? And she said, Oh, uh, well, no, I just, I couldn't wear them today. And I said, okay. I said, well, why is that? Like what, what was it, the clothes? Did you get something on it or what was it? And she was like, Oh no, Kayla said that until you start communicating with them, or she said, Kayla said until she starts communicating with us. <laughs> and I like immediately I was triggered like a fucking motherfucker. I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're not going to do this game where we're playing head games with my fucking kid. And I like called Brent and I flipped shit. I flipped actual shit. I think I called her a dumb bitch. I was so pissed about it that I said it in front of Braylon. Then later I had to apologize to Braylon and I said, I didn't mean to lose my cool like that. And I had to like smooth it over and I finished the argument with Brent outside of a flower stand um, because I didn't, Ah, fuck, I really wanted to smoke a cigarette. Okay, you guys have to hold on just a second. Because I just realized like I'm almost to my apartment God damn, why don't I podcast more so that we can fucking hang out? God damn it. I'm not going to... Oh! <laughs> okay, just a sec. I look like I'm fucking drunk, swerving all over the road. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. This is not happening. Okay, I got it. Um, Every time I podcast, time flies. And it's it's great. Like, it needs to fly because 45 minutes... Driving home is kind of a bitch, especially if you've been driving all fucking day. And so, uh. Back to what I was trying to say was, um. Fuck. Oh, yeah, I was in the middle of a fight with Brent. Sorry, now I'm looking for my fucking lighter. I'm so annoying today. Oh, my God, I'm annoying. Okay, just a sec. Sorry, hold on. Fuego. Hold on. I got into it with Brent on the phone in front of Braylon it was ugly, it was dysfunctional it was not attractive and the part of me that would have been unable to close the chapter of Brent and I would have kept that shit going, right? Like I would have made this grandiose Facebook post but it turns out me being banned from Facebook for 30 days was a good thing because I was forced to self-reflect without just word vomiting shit out loud on you know internet land and my only source of communication to you know social media was through TikTok because God knows I don't know how to fucking do Instagram I don't get it it's like a glorified Pinterest in my brain anyway Um, It's like a really shitty version of TikTok. Sorry, I digress. Uh, It was good. It did me a world of good because I stopped word vomiting. And I think I realized that I didn't have a desire, even though I have the option to now. I had no desire to feed into that energy anymore because I was able to give it a minute. Right? There's a reason why I didn't podcast about the eight years on the day of the anniversary, which a lot of people have been doing. Uh, There were a lot of people hired in the summer that I started. And so I have a lot of people that are like, oh, happy eight, eight year anniversary. I'm surprised you didn't do a podcast for it. And I'm like, yeah, but like, but I. I'm doing one. I just haven't finished it. Because <laughs> I was thinking about the fight that I had with Brent. Because it, what I got down to on a core level, even though Brent didn't participate, there was no resolve with that. He'll never fucking know how I feel about it. That's fine. I think it's great parenting with a goddamn ghost anyway. Because then basically it's all just throwing it up in there and hoping it fucking works. I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. It's bullshit. And it's really frustrating. Um, So whenever I... Have any type of reaction to some of the shit? I'm immediately stonewalled and told that I'm being uh, irrational, that I'm crazy. Always gives Kayla the benefit of the doubt. Well, you don't know how she said it. Maybe she said it a certain way. I said, "Yeah." Well, I don't know how else the fuck I'm supposed to to take. Yeah, until your mom communicates with us, you can't wear those pants. Like that's pretty fucking direct, right? Um, She didn't say the F-bomb. She didn't say that to my kid. But she did say, until your mom communicates with us, I don't think you can wear the pants. And at that point, like, we're going to ignore the fact that this bitch is getting my kid ready for school when my husband's not there. Okay, we're still fucking married. That's really weird. And this bitch has been here for a long time. Like, I don't even know if she's going back to Idaho. This is very frustrating to me because I feel like... Idaho is just some fucking cover so that nobody would hate them and they just pretend like it all came together perfectly but I don't think it's as such and so moving on that's that's 100% neither here nor there um, I freaked out and instead of having that moment where I wanted to like, tell Brent and explain to him I had to sort out what it was that I was so upset about. And it was Braylon's reaction of feeling like, well, even my clothes are divided now. Like I don't even have clothing that I I have special clothes that I can only wear here and there. And I'm always going to be in the middle and everybody's going to be fighting all the time. Nothing's ever going to be normal. My whole world got flipped upside down because some dumb bitch came along that was cooler than my mom and dad jumped ship. Like, that's basically how it feels for Braylon. And she may not say it because she's a people pleaser. But she's cried to me numerous times feeling as if she doesn't have a home anymore. Because she feels like she's at two places all the time. And that's... I, I don't blame her. Like, there's no one else that has to deal with the shit Braylon has to deal with. Okay? She's got two parents... Uh, not speaking, her dad's girlfriend's fucking always there trying to take on this motherly role way too fucking soon. She's watching her grandparents and her aunts and uncles embrace this new bitch, like a fucking, like, just like rubber and glue. Like just, I don't know if it's bouncing or stick. I don't fucking know. Whatever the phrase is where they're fucking cemented together, like Like a fucking octopus with little octi suckers. Like, what (laughs) God, what is that? Like, you know what I mean? Like an octopus sucking. Anyway, there's suction cups at the bottom of an octopus tentacle. And that's what I was trying to... Anyway, that's whatever. Uh, She's watching this weird shit play out, okay? Fucking friends. They all love this new bitch. But meanwhile, she's still like... She's still seeing her mom sad about it. She's still like processing the fact that I'm never going to see Tango again. She doesn't understand so much of this and it happens so quickly and her brother's not here and she misses him and she misses some semblance of normalcy, right? Who doesn't? Like if something came and uprooted your entire world and that something was your fucking parent, Wouldn't you want to, like, look around and find someone to, like, commiserate with? Like, damn, dad moved on real fucking fast, don't you think, Jake? Oh, but Jake's not here. Jake left. Jake decided to leave, and now mom can't get him back, and she's fucking trying. But she's now worried about where we're going to live. And that's a whole other thing, because Braylon keeps asking me where we're going to live, and I don't fucking know. And I'm still looking. I'm still looking. So for this little girl... It's finally come to the point, like we're before, it wasn't about the clothing. And I can tell you what, Brent, if you're listening, the clothing, okay, is at Cheney's. Half the shit that Braylon, that I've bought Braylon, ends up at Cheney's. And it's not because Cheney steals that shit, it's because Braylon's always over there, and having sleepovers over there, and uh, going camping with them. And that shit ends up in the pile of laundry that is the, you know six person household. Like I do not fucking know. Okay. There's, there's a lot of shit over there and I'm sure that at some point her fucking cool ass outfits end up over at Cheney's and it's not intentional. Um, but don't pass the bill to me. Please do not make me the fucking villain in every goddamn context of your storylines because I will tell you something, sir. You have a 12th house son. So that part of me that was always trying to understand who the fuck you were, that's because there's a part of you that nobody knows. There's a part of you that doesn't know yourself. And because you're so panicked at the fact that you couldn't identify as my husband um, and primarily um, my partner, like you had general distributors, you had, um, you know, 1st your Shelly Watts kid. Uh, it, it goes back like really far. Okay. Um, you're corn fed in high school. That's your nickname. Then you move forward. You go to general distributors. Now your B dub is King. Okay, cool. That's your title. We all have titles. Uh, but I'll tell you something. There is a, there is a side to you that you struggle to understand as we all do. I'm sure. But with the 12th house sun, it's almost impossible for you and others to see it. Okay, you're going to spend a large part of your life. And it wasn't until today that I fully like conceptualize this. If your son is in the 12th house of your birth chart, um, and this applies for a lot of people, you're going to have things that you do that make no sense to you, but you need to do it to fulfill some type of understanding of yourself. So that could be keeping a very big secret from those closest to you. That could be stealing. That could be taking pills because that is all in the 12th house. It's not that I'm fucking labeling. Um, it's, you know, drugs, self-undoing, um, jails, hospitals, institutions. <sighs> it's secrets that you keep from others. And the eighth house is secrets that others keep from you. So secrets that you keep from others. Meaning there's another side to you. There's a dual nature to your sense of self. And you're going to go a long time. Hiding that from other people. Um, if you ever show yourself to them. A lot of the times the tricky thing with 12th house sons. Is that they don't. Their partners have a tendency to constantly be searching for the other side of them. And I remember one night I was reading the mastery of love when I um, went up to Alaska and I was trying to get a like an idea of our marriage and if we were going to work out and God knows that was like one of many, right? So I should, I should be fine that we're breaking up now. Like I've come to some type of resolve on an emotional level. But when I was reading that book, the mastery of love, there was a line in it that made me fucking cry and the line in that book was you are never gonna know anybody in this world you will never know anybody in this world because you are not them and they're not you the only person you'll ever know is yourself And that made me cry because I'd spent a large part of my life trying to get to know Brent um, and understand a part of him that I just didn't fully understand. Like, I still don't understand why he did certain things and I'll never know. Um, I'll never know how he can flip a switch and go from caring about somebody and loving them and being there for them and then ghosting them and watching them be in an extreme amount of agony and, and confusion and, and just feeling abandoned. Right. Um, that part of me, it does, it doesn't compute like the passengers that I have spoken to about this, uh, mentioned to me, like, you don't really feel like you ever knew him. Do you? And I said, you know, I've said to them, no, no, I didn't. I I don't think I knew that part of him. And there is a part of me that will never understand that side to him. Um, but yeah, that book where it said, you're never going to really know anyone because you're not them. You didn't experience anything that they have been through. Um, it made me cry. It made me cry a lot. It made me realize that... I need to let go of all the expectations I have of other people and appreciate everything that I've been given. And so while I said, you know, I had a passenger get on my bus today and she looked really upset and I said, Hey, what's up? And she goes, yeah, uh, cause I did what my angels were asking me to do. I put, I put, My faith in the world, I just put it out there. Look, anyone need a roommate in town today? I finally got to just put that out there. I said a prayer this morning. I said, look, I will be in a position of service. I will bring all the love that I can bring and be my authentic self and every... um, single moment of my day today but I need you to work on this apartment thing because if I'm worried about that I can't be my authentic self so please give me a little help here and I had faith and then I went into my day and I was present and I stopped worrying about the apartment thing I was there and by doing so I helped so many people I helped so many lost people I've 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 helped so many people today that I wouldn't have been able to talk to you otherwise because they didn't engage with me on their own. A lot of people don't do that. I'm just like some weird type of out, you know, uh, outgoing, like a, what is it? An extrovert autistic. (laughs) You can be an extroverted autistic who's also introverted and private. Um, they call it INFJ. Uh, That's my Myers-Briggs. and so. I was present and I saw her looking distressed and disheveled. And she said, hey, uh, I I have a question. And I said, I might be able to help you. What's up? And she goes, I need, I need to get to some place here in Portland that has services. Like, I need to know where I need to go because I'm homeless. I just, I've been kicked out of my girlfriend's house. I moved down here to be with her in Spokane. Um, and I'm like, I just now like trying to figure out how the fuck to get back to Spokane and I don't have any place to go. I got no place to go in Spokane. Like this is really fucked up. What do I do? And you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic and I can't get into an apartment to save my life. Cause I don't even have a job and like all these things. Right. And so I'm sitting there talking to her. Um, and she opened up to me she said initially she'd been sleeping out of her car and then she just found out that her girlfriend stole her car um, she flipped a switch on her and went off the deep end when her mom died. And I don't know if her girlfriend started to do drugs and maybe that's why she stole her car. Cause she said she took all her shit. So it sounds like maybe she just relapsed and that if anybody knows any addicts, um, they'll take anything that's not nailed down. It doesn't mean they're bad people, but they're sick. Okay. They need help. And, and they, Live with that shame and that guilt, which is why I have a huge bone to pick with people that like to throw addicts under the proverbial bus in my presence. Because there is nobody on this fucking planet that is safe from addiction. It will and can get all of us. So if you have not selected a lesson in this life or this carnation, uh when you sat down at a table, like let's say in past lives you reincarnated, uh And then this life, now you've already, you know, mastered overcoming addiction. Now this life, you're going to learn how to be patient and kind and this and that. And so your immediate knee-jerk reaction is to judge others because you don't have an addiction problem. Um, And you're addicted to judging because you don't know how to be kind, which is why your higher soul sought this carnation to Ingrain that into your being, so life is going to hand you a lot of moments where you're the asshole, and you're going to have to see it for what it is at some point. Um, so heaven forbid you ever put down an addict in my presence, because you're going to learn fucking today. And so she was saying, you know, my girlfriend. Sorry, I'm just sitting in front of my apartment now. Um, she's she said to me, uh, my girlfriend stole my shit. She kicked me out of the house uh, and she moved on with somebody new and it's only been, you know, 27 days. I feel like I've just had my heart ripped out. I'm so sad. I don't know what to do. I'm so lost. I never thought in a million years she would ever do this to me and it's so hard for me not to hate her, but I can't hate her because I love her. And I thought about that and I was like, yeah, it's really hard for me to hate Brent because I do love him. I spent 14 years loving him. There's nothing inside of me that can just shut that off. Which is why this is so hurtful. Because somehow he can and I don't get it. I don't get it. And so, um, please excuse me. I'm going to take a drink. I, at some point was just talking to her and I said um you know I've had a lot of people that were lost today that's been a theme it's a recurrent theme and I try to pay attention like to themes that present themselves to me so I can incorporate them into my podcast and holy shit we've been talking for a long time it's almost been an hour um I try to incorporate different themes into my podcast so I can talk about the overall lesson that I learned for the day. And I said, the theme for this one is being lost, right? And I broke it down and I said, I've had to rebuild my life countless times. And she was trying to, you know, sort of come to the conclusion that if you didn't look or act a certain way, that life just didn't have the material things for you, And I interrupted her and I said, you know, the theme for today is lost. And I feel like maybe you're lost in this moment because as somebody who's had a lot of her material things like taken from her, I've had to restart countless times. I'm about to do it again. Um, and each time I held on a little less, like I held on to the items less. I was less, obsessed about where my shit went if I loaned it out it wasn't that I was careless that I didn't see its value it's just that I understood that everything could be taken from you and if it was yours for a moment and you could appreciate it then just experience that and yeah you can miss stuff but that doesn't mean you can't get more stuff there's always an abundance of of things and love and people and stories and and journeys that you're gonna have if you get to keep being here, hold on a little less, you know, like don't grip on to everything. And I said, maybe you were meant to come to Portland. Maybe you were meant to have your heart ripped because you were, you were clinging on so tight. Cause you thought, well, I really landed myself a good one. Um, good thing, you know, because if I don't act or look a certain way, I'm never going to find, never going to find another one. And, uh, And I realized as I was saying that, I said, you probably thought that you really lucked out and you got a good gal and then the rug got pulled out from underneath you because your angel guides or your higher self or however you want to see it, maybe your psyche, maybe this is all just mental shit. Maybe your brain needed you to understand that you are inherently valuable It doesn't matter what clothes you wear. It doesn't matter what car you drive, what job you have, where you live. Every person on this planet holds value because every person here is a soul who's come to learn a lesson. Even if that fucking person is muttering babble, it doesn't fucking matter. The bitch that I helped for 25 minutes try and find her fucking care facility got on my bus. (laughs) Smoking a cigarette, jogging with a walker. And I said, You gotta put the cigarette out, babe. Like I didn't understand what was going on. She was just really lost and anxious and tried to catch my bus. Like it was it was a big deal. Um and so that was a prevalent theme. And I felt that uh I needed to share that with her. I said, you know, so maybe you were meant to come to Portland and feel like you really lucked out that you got a good good one. Um, and have that rug ripped out from underneath you because you needed to learn how to hold on a little bit less. To understand that you're inherently valuable. To understand that you don't have to act or look a certain way because all you have to do is just be yourself. Just be yourself. And all I can think of when I say those words is that fucking corny ass mom on Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds and... um Fuck if I know the gal's name. But Ryan Reynolds was in a funny ass movie called Just Friends. And his mom, his corny ass fucking mom. (laughs) She had this song and it was like, just be yourself. Just be yourself. I feel like that's what I sound like when I'm saying to you guys, just be yourself, you guys. Yeah, no, you're totally rad, man. You're good. Just be yourself. (laughs) Fucking corny ass bus mom. Um... So, yeah, that's the lesson for today, you guys. Just be yourself, okay? Understand your value. Understand your worth. Realize that these stories and chapters are going to write themselves whether you put your fucking full efforts or not. Like, I I really gripped on to Brent in our marriage for so fucking long. And guess what? K2 came strolling in and ripped that shit out from underneath me. And I was so mad at her. But I realized that he was never mine to keep. And if I got to, you know, and I mentioned to the gal, I said, you know, my first marriage ended in uh, the cops taking him away and I had to leave and like get the fuck out of there with my kid. And the second marriage ended and he left me after 14 years and I never saw it ending, you know, so and then I got this new bitch playing mom to my kid and it's we're not even divorced yet. Like there's a lot of pain that I've been through. But I can say right now that I don't regret a moment of it because every single moment that I've had in this life has brought me to a new place of growth and and understanding and perspective so that I can share it with you on my best today and just say, maybe you're going through some fucked up shit because you need to learn how how to just let the flow happen. Just let it flow. Instead of let it go, let it flow. Oh, that's the name of the podcast today. Let it flow, honestly. Like my angel guides are trying to tell me with the 666, just allow yourself to be authentic and true and honest and loyal and genuine and do your best and and have faith that we're all going to get through this weird-ass time and we're going to be where we need to be at the right time. Because I walk through this life every fucking day and I swear I'm living on a prayer Every morning, every goddamn morning, Bon Jovi is kilowatt on the bus. (laughs) Or Kayla is, you know, whatever. Kilowatt on the bus is Bon Jovi. You know what I mean. Or do you? (laughs) Just be yourself. Okay, I love you guys. I got to go inside. I'm going to decompress tonight and do no TikToks. I've been making an abundance of TikToks. That's great. I got a lot more followers. But I also just feel like I'm not taking the time that I need to reflect and this is a big uh, podcast so maybe you guys will get something from it just know that I love you I I love what I do I'm sorry I've been gone um, I'll probably talk about why I've been gone I took some notes and I think I understand why I needed that break so I can come to like a type of conclusion understanding. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, I hope you have a safe and wonderful night. This is Kilowatt. Love you. Bye.